Hi, this is Danielle from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 129 of Art for Your Ear. This episode is supported by Saatchi Art, the world's largest curated online gallery offering original art by independent artists from around the world. Pop over to saatchiart.com to see their gorgeous lineup of both originals, prints, and if you are looking for limited edition prints, visit limited.saatchiart.com. So today is filled with nostalgia, hyper-real paintings, and a beautiful film called My Indiana Muse. Robert Townsend is an insanely talented painter who I wrote about a few years ago. Well, he is still painting some hyper-real, vintage-inspired work, but he's also just finished a short film about a vivacious woman named Helen who he met through eBay. Kinda. I'm not going to explain any further than that because I just watched the film yesterday and I cannot wait to ask Robert the 5,000 questions that I have for him. And, of course, I've got images and links to all of this on my site, so pop on over to thejealouscurator.com at any point to see what Robert and I are talking about. And wait until you see Helen. She is fabulous. All right, let's do this. Calling Robert in L.A. Um, okay, so... Yeah, th- so this starts recording the second that we pick up. Uh, so that just yeah, yeah, recorded. Yeah. But um, yeah. so um, I'm just going to take a little pause and then say hi, and then you can say hi, and then we'll just wing okay. it from there. So okay. would, do you prefer Robert or Rob? Rob is fine, okay. yeah. Okay. Robert is your fancy art name? Yeah. Yeah. It's so formal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, really, I really prefer Bobby these days. Really? Uh, is that what people call you? Uh, you know, not much, but I just, I got to keep pushing it. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, my, I grew up, I was Bobby until I was about 12. Yeah. And I was always Bobby to everybody. I didn't know the difference. Yeah. And then at some point I got all serious about life. And, and I mean, seriously, I got like, oh my God, I need to be serious about life. And I, I was like 12 and I like threw a fit and I told my folks like, from now on, I'm Robert. Which never really stuck, but God bless them, they tried, you know. Wow, uh, that's so cute that you got but then, Yeah, but then the rest of the world had to take me on as Robert or, you know, and then it was like my friends that eventually kind of just called me Rob without me even thinking about it. And uh, But then recently, a friend of mine a few years ago started calling me Bobby, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I hated it when I was a kid because it sounded so childish. yeah. Yeah. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, yeah, like Bobby, that, and Bobby Kennedy, come on, I'm all yeah. over it, you mm-hmm. know? Well, it is pretty so, cool, and it's a nice, you know, it actually matches your brand, because it's a bit of a throwback. It Bobby, is, it's totally you know? throwback. So that's my, you know, people call me Rob in general, but once in a while, I'll, I'll remember to say like, hey, yeah, I'm Bobby, and then they don't know the difference, and they always call me Bobby, I'm like, that's great. So you and probably have like chunks of the world that know you as Robert, some people know you as Bobby. Very few people know me as Bobby, but it's, well, it's like an alter, it it's an alter ego. It's, <laughs> it's totally an alter ego, and, and it is what I have on my blog. I have it written down as Bobby Sunshine, because that's what my friend used to call me. Oh, that's so, so funny. But then yeah. your site says Robert. Well, the site says Robert, but then when you go to the blog, it says the studio of Bobby Sunshine. Oh, so, you know, you've got, you've got uh, all, all these different personas. You can fill whenever you want. Formal, informal, I can't decide who I am. Well, my son's name is, we named him Charles, but we've called him Charlie since he was, before he was born. Um, Right. But we thought, you know, because my husband and I are pretty goofy and fun and whatever, and we thought, well, what if he ends up being like this super serious kid? (laughs) 
you know, who doesn't want to be Charlie? He wants to be Charles. And we wanted yeah. him to have that if he, you know, becomes like a lawyer or something. He wants to be Charles W. Well, Krista, you know? I'll give you, I'll, yeah, the funny thing is I'm a W. It's oh. Robert W. Townsend. Um, so, uh, but my buddy Charles, I'll tell you, you've seen Charles in the film, Charles Phoenix. Oh, yes, yeah. He's like super animated. Yes, love him. And he, he's an entertainer and like he's the king of kitsch. Nobody's ever called him Charlie. And in fact, Charles isn't even his real name. I forget. It's like Stephen or something. And then when he was like 15, he's like, I'm changing my name to Charles. And it's like, maybe well, he's rebranding Charles. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We well, right. have to think of these things, you know, like my dad was, my dad's Daniel, but he was Danny all growing up. And right. then same thing. He was like, well, that's not cool. So then he switched it to Dan, which everyone thought was hilarious that knew him as Danny. Cause it was like, oh, okay, Dan. Yeah. You know, and right. then. And then, uh, um, but then that's what he was for years. But then if we ever run into anybody he grew up with, they're like, Danny. And I'm like, Danny. It's just so yeah. funny and like weird. Anyway, I'm going to keep all that in because that was very good to ah, know okay. the background of Bobby and Robert. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're just jumping in right now. Yeah. So you grew up in California. Is that I right? did. Yeah. Born and raised. And yeah. so. But I, okay, I only know this from the, normally when I go into podcasts, I don't know very much on, on purpose about the people because I like to be sure. surprised. But I've watched your beautiful film, which we're going to get to, so I know a lot of the stuff. <laughs> but, um, so, like, you are an insane artist now. Were you artsy when you were little? Um, I was. Uh, I don't think I was anything when I was little, to be honest. I had no clue who I was or what I was into or any of the rest of it. Um, but I, I did have a sense that that was something that kind of worked for me for lack of a better way of putting it. Like, did um, you draw comics? Yeah, just stuff? doodle, you yeah. know, just doodly kind of stuff. Uh, nothing like, Hey, I want to dive into this and take it serious or whatever. But, um, I remember, uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting to, to think about this so many years down the road cause it's so similar to what I do now. When I was three years old, uh, Disney put out a toy, 1977, that was like a tracing, like, you know, most artists are familiar with like light boxes that you would use for tracing and then transferring or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, we've all, we've all had them. Well, uh, they put one out for kids, for like little kids, and it came with little um, drawings of all the Disney characters doing different things. And then you would put your blank sheet on top of that and trace the characters in whatever position you wanted so that they're interacting in different ways. Wow. And then you could then you could color them in and whatever. I recently bought it again on eBay, like the <laughs> in the box. Um, and that I just took to that. I mean, I could play with that like all day and just sit there. I was a little bit of an introvert, which I still am. And so that, that bodes well for a lot of artists that are introverts. You just, there's a lot of alone time. You can do this activity by yourself. Yeah. And uh, so there was that. Um, and then uh, I remember the supermarkets uh, had like coloring contests. Yes. Like during Christmas or Easter. <laughs> like I remember Easter it was just a big, like a big egg shape yeah. with nothing in it. And you could like put whatever you wanted in there. I don't remember what I put in there, but, you know, I was dazzled by the idea. And then other ones were actually, like, drawings of, like, Santa Claus or something. You would color them in. Yeah. And, I mean, I win so many think. of those coloring contests. Oh, I, I know. I yeah. I, I, won, I won four tickets to, like, Knott's Berry Farm or something <laughs> when I was nine. I thought, like, that's it. That's yep. for me. I've made it. You know. I've made it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
My uh, mom is an artist and she, I took those coloring contests so seriously and our, our local swimming pool used to have them all the time. I don't know. I think you could win like a 10 pack of swim passes or something. And it would be in the summer. It was like a scene of all these, you know, people on floaty things in the pool. And I was really into it. And my mom, the artist said, you know, I always remember this. Well, even if I'm coloring with my son now, I think about it. Um, I was coloring in an inner tube um, floaty thing and I was just coloring back and forth and she's like actually if you color in a circle like you know like follow the the outline shape it'll kind right. of create like a better it'll look more realistic and then you can even put like a little you'll leave a little area so it looks like a shine on the on the inner tube <laughs> and I was like so advanced I know and I was probably nine so yeah. advanced clearly and I was That's just like super advanced yeah and I was like this is bringing home the gold. I, I don't even remember if I won, but I like I remember that so clearly. And even now, when I color, I'm like, follow the shape of the outline, leave a little, leave a little glimmer. Right. Um, uh. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's so funny. Well, obviously, it was in you if you if you cared about the coloring contest. This is yeah, that's totally it. And I wish we could find all those blank pages and start all over again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do they still do that at supermarkets? They I do. Think so. They do. But yeah. see, that's the thing. Is like. So, you know, I didn't notice for a long time. And then when I had a kid, suddenly you're like, oh, my God, look, there's a coloring contest. Like, this still happens. And I was like, Charlie, you want to go in it? No, thank you. <laughs> I was like, um, why not? You know, and he just never cared. So I think it's, it is an art kid thing, right? Like, he just, yep. yeah, it's so Seems exciting. Seems like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's disappointed me greatly in that area, but it's okay. Oh, he, no. he achieves in other areas, so it's okay. Right. Um, and so... Then, like through high school and stuff, were you still, were you, were you just still? Dabbling? Yeah, high school. High school is where it kind of took off. I think it was around tenth grade. So, yeah, somewhere around there. I, I wasn't. I wasn't a good student, uh, and or I just didn't enjoy school. I think that's why I wasn't a good student. I didn't feel like I fit in um, mm-hmm. in any way. And uh, but I was really scared to take my first art class in high school which I think was 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I pushed myself to do it because you got to do something. You know, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to be there at all. And so I was like, okay, it's this. I just, I had the the fear of not being any good. And, you know, teenagers, you all just want to fit in. I thought I'd be, yeah. you know, humiliated by my work or whatever. Um, but found the opposite, you know, that it was like, okay, I was kind of the little art star in high school. And there was a small group of others that were, you know, pretty good at, at, at high school level and luckily I went to a high school which I guess is pretty rare I think it's super rare that had a really good art department mm-hmm. and uh, I had two teachers that were just amazing in in different ways and um, one of them was really into uh, kind of teaching perspective drawing and you know shadows and light and all that kind of stuff which I totally gravitated to the other one was really into that as well but was also much more into like and what are you into like what? What's your what's your actual interests and voice and emotions and you know uh, and then I'll guide you like if you're into this then I'll help you do some projects related to that. That's amazing. And yeah, and he's he's one of my best friends to this day, um, and he's wow. an amazing artist. So uh, so it kind of took off from there, and uh, I started gaining a little bit of confidence. Uh, in, in the realm of, you know, I could pursue this at that point, yeah which which was soon dashed, and you know, but what the heck, 
<laughs> well, yeah, because you, did you go to art school? I didn't, no. No, I didn't um, think so, which no. is insane. Uh, well, in both good and bad ways. I yeah, suppose, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, for a long time I was really freaked out. I guess when I was starting to be a professional artist in the gallery world, it freaked me out that I didn't have a degree or hadn't gone to school because I felt so, like, inferior and, you know, like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Everybody's going to see that this is a hoax, you know, that kind of thing. Well, FYI, um, even people that went to art school think that, too, so. Well, no, I know. <laughs> and, then, and then later on I figured out, like, you know, we all learn it through watching, through reading, through looking at other art. Yeah, you might get more from learning from an actual teacher who's been around and can kind of point you, you know, through the the realms of these things. Or you can just go to museums and galleries and, and talk to other professional artists and nowadays look on YouTube videos and listen to your podcast and, you know, yeah. you can get a lot from that. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying one is any better or worse than the other. Uh, so, and then there's, a, you know, the problems I've heard about artists that learn from certain teachers, especially in fine art departments, where a certain professor has a, a, an agenda of, like, this is what art is and this is what it isn't, which yeah. drives me crazy. Mm, me too. Um, so, you know, I was, uh, some of the friends I was really close with at the time when I was out of high school and they were going to college for art degrees uh, were more illustration majors, and that did fascinate me because there wasn't a lot of directing of like you need to do this in order to be an artist it was just like well if you want to learn this particular aspect or craft within the arts mm -hmm. here's how to do it and like here's here's a toolbox so i'm going to show you how to use all the tools and then go do whatever you want to do with those tools to me that's the right way to teach art yeah and uh so anyway so no i i got out of high school i had a an acquaintance in high school that was amazing and to this day he's the most he's the person with the most raw talent of any of the people I've known mm -hmm. um, and uh, he had done a mural at the high school that I went to but somebody else had thought uh, I think a lot of people thought that I had done the mural so oh. right at, right after high school I get a call from this guy who used to be the principal of my high school he was now a principal at another high school, and he said, you know, based on that mural you did at that other school, would you come do four murals at my school? <laughs> and I was like 18. I was like, heck yeah. And I didn't even know how to paint, okay? Because in like, <laughs> at my high school, all we did was like pencil drawing and colored pencils. There wasn't time to like bust out paints, right? Oh, my God. So I had no idea how to paint. So I said, yeah, and I took the job. And then I found my, I looked in the old yearbook and found my acquaintance's number, called him up. And I said, hey, you know that mural you did? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so based on that, I took a job as if it was my mural. And, and would you mind teaching me how to paint and go into business with me as a mural painter? Oh. And he said, yeah, totally. We became best friends. And uh, we did murals together for 10 years. And literally, I was like, okay, every, every job we went to, I was like, okay, don't let on to anybody that I don't know how to paint. We're, you're, you're just going to have to teach me as we go. You know, we'll just nod at people when they ask questions, and then we'll just fake it as we go. and We'll learn how to paint. So I learned on the job. And he was wow. amazing. So, um, yeah. Well, were you using brushes or were you using spray? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, these were huge. Huge, yeah. This was this was uh, this was uh, acrylic, um, you know, large acrylic with brush. Wow. And uh, none of them were really 
looking back, there's none of them that like interest me. Um, <laughs> they weren't, they weren't like artistic in the sense of, you know, creative. They were strictly commercial, which is right. great for learning how to do techniques. So a lot of them were like, I think we did like 20 schools, like, you know, the school mascots, yeah. and, you know, home of the whatevers, you know, and, uh, <laughs> um, we did residential people call us up and be like, all right, we want our kitchen to have like flowers all over the walls or, you know, the kid's bedroom should have this or whatever. And then we did like, you know, a Harley Davidson dealership and a Buick wow. dealership. And, you know, it just, it went, it, it was like anything anybody can imagine. And they saw one of our murals on the street. That's its own advertising. Yeah. No kidding. And then they would just call us up and like, could you do this? And we're like, yeah. And we would just figure it out as we went. And, he, he, my buddy was going to Cal State Long Beach, uh, and I would sit in on one of his classes on a rare occasion and kind of pick up on a few things. Um, and I was taking classes at uh, a community college, um, art history, which was great, and took a figure drawing class, which was great. And then uh, I took, I think it was just intro to drawing or something like that. And... Uh, I asked the teacher if he would look at my portfolio. I think I was about 19, 18 or 19. And he said, yeah, sure. And I showed him my portfolio and he said, uh, I said, you know, I'm really interested in being an artist, whatever that is. You know, I had yeah. no idea. And he said, yeah, you'll never make it. <gasps> never, no chance. And he wasn't trying to be mean at all. You know, I've told a few people this story and they're always like in shock, like, oh no, that's horrible. I'm like, eh, you know, I think he made a misstep. But, you know, in, in the sense of like, you know, it really, it, it, it mortified me. You know, I felt so, uh, not humiliated, but just like, like, that's it for me. If yeah. this guy says I'm done, I'm done. And so I dropped the class and didn't do any art for seven years. Oh, my God. Because I just thought like, okay, this isn't time to play anymore. In high school, you can play. As an adult, you have to figure out what you're going to do for a career. Right, like Bobby, so Bobby's is, gone. This is Robert right, now. Right, yeah, this is Robert now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe that's why Bobby's coming back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I had to figure out what to do for a life, you know, for a living and all that. And the fact that he said, you know, that's not going to work, I really trusted, you know. And he was a great painter. So I really took his word for it, immediately stopped. Uh, and didn't do anything for seven years creatively and um, just did day jobs, uh, yeah, unaware I, you, of what you, the heck I might do with my life. Yeah, so, you kind of mentioned yeah. a few of them in the film. Like, they kind of ran the gamut. Like, what what were all the things you were oh, doing? Oh, it was all over the map. Yeah. It, was any, it was anything where people would leave me alone. Let's put it that way. You know, <laughs> I hadn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to go back to school because I didn't know what my interest was. Right, you know, so like, why spend interest, the money, yeah. Right, my interest was art, and I was like, well, that's not going to go anywhere, so what else should I go back to school for? And, uh, which I wasn't really great on the whole school thing to begin with. So, um, yeah, I was just floundering, and I, yeah, I worked, I think, it, I kept a list at one point, I, and I think it was around 60-something jobs. Oh, my God. And over probably a 10, 12-year period, during that time, plus the time as I started getting into the arts again, I was still having to work day jobs for another five or six years. And, yeah, just, you know. It yeah, was, so it what, was a, what was the thing that made you get back in? Like, so you, you don't make anything for seven years. Like, what was it that made you dip your toe back in? I got really lucky. I ended up 
at a party. I have no idea whose party it was or how I ended up there. Uh, no recollection of it. But I do remember there was a woman that worked at, I think, the Long Beach Museum of Art that happened to be there. And somebody introduced us, and I said, oh, yeah, I used to do a little art. I really like, you know, I did murals, blah, blah. And we got on the discussion of, like, you know, why did you stop, blah, blah, blah. And she, at some point, I'm not sure why she brought up watercolors, but I was always in love with watercolors and never even tried it at all. Because it's so intimidating, the whole, you know, idea of, like, everybody's freaked out by watercolors because if you make a mistake, you can't go back. That's the thing that freaks everybody out. So, um, but she said, you know, there's this great watercolor teacher at this local college and um, you should go take his class. He's totally chill. And I thought, you know what? I mean, even if I stink, right, just go do it anyways, because it's what you'd love to do. So, and I was lost anyways. I mean, as a person, I had no idea what I was doing with my life. So I just thought, well, what can you lose then? So I went and took this class and uh, I only lasted about a week before he kicked me out and said, this is as good as you could ever get. You're, you're like, I can't teach you to be any better. It was the exact opposite of what that previous teacher, like I went in there and he said, here's the supplies you buy, you know, and then you come back to the next class and he's like, okay, here's how you do a flat wash and here's how you do a gradient wash. Like the total basics of how to just get used to the feel of watercolors. Mm-hmm. And I had my sunglasses sitting in front of me on the table so rather than doing what he was telling us to do, I drew in my sunglasses really quick and started painting them in with the techniques he was telling us about, like flat wash, overlaying, you know, the colors, all that kind of stuff. And he came by and he's like, hey, what are you working on? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm so sorry. You know, I should be doing a gradient wash. He's like, no, 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 it's cool. But like, you know, how long have you been doing watercolors? I'm like, this is my first day. And he's like, OK, you're done. You're like, that's that's I can't, you know, obviously you you have such a handle that, you know, that's as much as I can teach you. And uh, it was one of those classes where, like, the inter- the beginning, intermediate, and advanced are all in the same class, and you, you can just take it three semesters in a row, and then the teacher kind of caters to you, knowing, right, right. you know, how long you've been in there. So he said, uh, you know, if you want the units for, you know, potential degree or whatever, I'm giving you the A in the semester right now, but then <laughs> if you want to sign up the next two semesters for intermediate and advanced, you can just do that, too. Like, I'll just give you the A. You don't have to ever come back. But wow. he gave me his home phone number, and he, he had a home studio. And he said, you know, if you run into any issues where you want my help, then give me a shout. And for the next year and a half or so, you know, the technical stuff of doing, I guess, any kind of work, but, you know, watercolor specifically, you want to know why, why does the paper warp and how do you get it to stop warping? You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, uh, or what kind of brushes are really, you know, best for this and on and on and on. And so when I'd run into that stuff, I'd say like, Hey, I'd give them a call and be like, you know, I'm picking your brain here. I'm looking at doing something this size. I can't figure out how to do that without the paper warping all over the place, you know, or whatever. And he would, you know, kind of give me a little bits of advice here and there. And, uh, but that was, that was when it, I mean, just that one little moment of encouragement Yeah. and, and the fact that he was a really good painter as well and had worked with galleries and all that, I just took it as like, that's it. Even if I'm wrong that this that this might go somewhere, I'm not going to not pursue it. You know, this mm-hmm. is this is it for me. And so um, I just dug in, you know, and started and, and painted watercolors. And that's all I did for, I think it was about 
10 years, it was all watercolors. Well, hold and on a second. Now, the, you don't, what do you paint in now? Uh, I, it's mostly oils now. Okay, that's uh, what I for thought. The, for, for the first 10 years or so, it was all watercolors. And I ran into uh, the issue that a lot of watercolorists r run into where, you know, galleries say like, oh, works on paper don't go for the same price as oil because they're not real paintings. Yeah. Um, you know, a, pa yeah. a painting, even just the word painting, most gallerists at the time would say painting means oil and, and everything else is a study. You know, and I was mm. like, well, wait a minute. I put in like 200 hours into this watercolor or whatever, you know, like <laughs> this is some serious stuff. I spent a thousand dollars on the frame. I'm not going to think it's not a painting, you know. And so now I don't think we're in that realm anymore. I think, you know, I look out there and listen to other artists and see what's going on in galleries. And I'm, I think it's all equal. I think every form is kind of, you know, on equal ground now. And obviously even painting is kind of falling to the side to... All, you know, to, to new media, you know, to uh, digital and everything else. So, uh, which is great because now we don't have the stigmas of like, you know, don't do that because that's not real art or whatever. So right. there's um, a, starting to be a bit more freedom, I hope. A little bit of openness. Yeah. To like expression is expression. Don't worry about the format. Yeah, yeah. So, the pieces I wrote about a few years ago, well, quite a few years ago, yeah. <laughs> yours, like the, um, you know, sort of the objects, on negative space and are those oil or are those watercolor those are watercolor no yeah 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 that's... i know you and i have an affinity for negative space yeah we do that's yeah it. and i love like all things vintagey americana kind of thing which is funny because i'm canadian but um you know I well that's america yeah that's true that's true and it's yeah. And it would just it all reminds me of my grandmother. Like she was she always had like cool things in her house and yeah. which is why I think your film again, which we're going to get to, uh made me cry three times because it just reminded me of being at her house, you know? And like she was so always had those cool things from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And so I think the first time I saw your work, but I can't believe that's watercolor. Uh yeah, well thank you. And uh, cheers to all things vintage and yeah. mid-century. Yeah, yeah, and so why, like, okay, so you've done this class, now you're hooked, you're into watercolor. Did you immediately start doing sort of like the vintage-y? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't really still lifes at first. Um, it was more, uh, let's say, contemporary landscapes. Um, I basically was taking to the road a lot, uh, just camera in hand, road trips, and looking for uh, neon signs and mm. old used cars and, you know, just abandoned kind of wreckage from the 50s. Yeah. Um, anything that looked, you know, mid-century, but out on the open road. And some of those were, you know, I was kind of painting them as I saw them from a photo, and then other ones I was kind of removing backgrounds and isolating objects as if they were still lifes. Like a car could be a still life if you remove the background and you think of it as an object you know, a car with a shadow, how is that any different than a flower in a vase with a shadow? Right. Right. So I was like, okay, let's remove the background and kind of show it that way. Um, but yeah, it was mostly at fir the first few years were mostly that kind of road inspired um, imagery. And then it turned into starting to explore some objects and then more objects. People would start, you know, calling me up saying, you know what, uh, I've got this, uh, you know, matchbook collection. 
and mm. you know it's they're really amazing. I'd be like, yeah, I've never heard of such a thing. Let's have a look. And then I'm like, oh my god, okay, because <laughs> I love text. You know, I love text and lettering and logos and all that. And I was like, well, you know, it's like it's already made for you there. You know, mm-hmm. these beautiful, beautiful images on vintage matchbooks. So, and then just you know, I started going eBay a lot, finding you know that'll get you in trouble in no time because you're finding like toys and. All sorts of goodies, kitchen, kitchen thing, you know, like you yeah. said, grandma, grandma's stuff, all the stuff in grandma's house. Yeah. You know. Well, I want to actually, I want to say something about road trips because um, you said something in the film about like being in the car on a road trip and it, sort of the thrill of being out in the middle of nowhere, but at the same time being really safe because you're in your car with your yeah. toys and, you know, headed somewhere and it's sunny and whatever. And I just thought that. I, I mean, it made me think of sitting in the back. We used to sit in the back of our station wagon. No seatbelts, you know, just it's rolling never around. A yeah, just yeah. rolling around in the back of the in the back of the station wagon on road trips. And yeah, like it just there's that sunny kind of don't know where you're going really because you're just a kid, but it's cozy. It's totally cozy, and I'm not sure why it feels safe, but it totally does. <laughs> yeah, and especially and with no seatbelts. And it still does. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of the safest moments is when you're you know, open road in that car. And, you know, and I don't mean physically safe either. Just, you know, it's just, it's emotionally just, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I actually, I do somewhat know, I don't remember who I heard this from at some point, but there's a sort of therapeutic soothing, uh, element to being on the road because our first experience as humans is being in the womb. And we're moving mm-hmm. around in, in you know, being yeah. carried around in, in this vessel. And so when you, you know, when we talk to our friends and they're stressed or whatever, how often do we say like, oh, yeah, so I went for a walk. Right. You know, it's like this movement thing of being out and about kind of soothes us. And the car, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, mm. it's so soothing to be out there. Well, so. and there's no better way to get a baby to go to sleep. I'll tell you that. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, when they say, too, that. If you want to have a good conversation with somebody, like you need to boil something down, go for a drive. Nice. Because you're yeah. both side by side. You're not facing each other. You're both kind of staring out at the open road, and you can kind of relax and let the conversation happen. And yeah. uh, works like a charm with husbands oh, yeah, and kids, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so is that kind of why, even in the beginning when you first started doing those, you know, um, road trips for yourself with your camera is that kind of why or did you were you even conscious of that's what what you were going to do i don't think i was i don't want to give myself hardly any credit at this point for you know uh <laughs> for knowing at all what i was doing i mean i was so like confused about it i mean you know like what do you do how do you start no idea and i grew up in the suburbs without hardly any exposure to the arts so for me to at one point to say i think i want to be an artist I had no starting point, no idea what other artists had done in the past or what they were doing now or how you get going, picking images or whatever. What I knew was I loved being on the road when I was a little kid. And so that's what was resonating with me was like, I remember the road trips. I loved the Southwest, uh, which my folks and I did just a ton of, you know, trips across the Southwest. And so that was kind of my starting point of like let's just you know i'm just gonna jump in and drive i didn't i didn't have maps i would just like you know it's like 26 i think or mm-hmm. something and i would just start heading out towards arizona nevada new mexico and just roam you know 
500 miles a day in any direction and just see where it went and you know keep the eyes open at all po- at all times wow. so you know i've talked but, to so many artists where they're like in the moment you have no idea what you're doing it's really only hindsight that you're like oh yeah, and you kind of like yeah. piece it all together like 15 years later <laughs> why like, like things- everything in life yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. yeah um okay so you're finding things on ebay is that leading us right into talking about you know who Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the best eBay find in the history of eBay, I think. Yeah. So were you just looking, like, so you're on eBay buying stuff. Were you just, were you intentionally, like, looking for slides? I was. Yeah. yeah. I had I had done, um, let's see, probably, I would say maybe eight or nine years ago, I did a few, it occurred to me, like, oh, it'd be fun to work with imagery from amateur photographers from the 50s and 60s, like Polaroid photos, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I started scouting on eBay uh, at that point, Um, uh, like the snapshots, the little square images with the white borders that have kind of the deckled edges and all that. You know, there's colored ones, there's black and white ones, there's the Polaroids, all that kind of stuff, and found these great images. And I I did a few paintings in that realm, like in between my other still lifes and, and you know, road trip kind of stuff, and they all work together. Yeah. Um, what I liked about those in particular was that they introduced a human element. And prior to that, everything was still life or, you know, a car or whatever. There weren't any people in my images. And then all of a sudden, these people show up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a whole other level of emotion to, like, connect with a person during that time period. And I loved that they were amateur images where I thought, isn't this fun that these people never expected they were going to later become a painting? (laughs) And, you know, they're just having fun at their birthday party or whatever, right? And uh, so it it kind of just evolved from those early on to um, becoming friends with uh, my close friend Charles, who uh, is the expert on on Kodachrome slides Mm -hmm. and uh, has a massive collection. So you know, I had that interest already in vernacular photography and met him and started seeing his collection. And uh, eventually I used, I think, two or three images from his slide collection. And this is over like a four-year period. I'm basically still sticking with most of my other uh, genre of, you know, body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but every every six months or so, I would do a slide. And then I started looking myself on eBay for slides. Just, you know, you type in different things, you know, amateur 35 millimeter slide or Kodachrome slide or whatever. And you can look through, you know, 10,000 before one comes up that's really interesting. Right. But, uh, and they're all, they're almost, the only ones I would look at were ones that would list it individually because then you could get a quick snapshot of the image. Like I wasn't into buying collections. Right. You know, who knows you what's can't in the, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 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 So, um, and then uh, one day, uh, this was in late 2014, um, there's like six images that popped up, uh, individually listed, but they were all by the same seller and all with the same person in the images. And it was this woman with the cat eye glasses and the beehive hairdo and these wonderful dresses and uh, she was super like you could tell she was very playful and joyful and cheerful and just really interesting and uh, kind of epitomized what I loved about the look of that era and um, they were listed as mod woman so you know like (laughs) mod mod woman at the beach mod woman in the snow 
<laughs> and uh, I just thought, oh, my God, these are amazing. I, I bought them all up. Uh, but I thought it was great right away. I was like, wait a minute. This is like five or six paintings I can do with the same person. This is the first time for me that I could do, like, you know, explore one person's life a little bit. And so I was super excited about that. And uh, I talked to my gallery and I said, um, you know, I'd really like to do a very large painting of this this woman but you know it's going to take a good bit of my time so i wouldn't be able to give you as much work are you up for that and they said yeah totally give it a shot and so i did that one and at the same time i contacted the seller and said you know what do you know about this person i love these images i didn't tell her at all what i was interested in doing with the images or whatever but i just said you know i need i need more mod woman yeah, I said, totally. And I said, I hope there is. And she goes, well, she said, you know, I don't really know anything about the people in the images. I bought them all at an estate sale. And she was in the suburbs of Chicago. And she said, uh, I bought 30 carousels plus a box of slides. And I knew carousels were usually like 80 or 100 or something. So I knew like it's, it's around 3,000 slides. And uh, she said, I said, well, I lied to her. I said, you know, I'm coming out to Chicago in a couple of weeks. Uh, could I come by your house and kind of look through the collection and pick out, you know, some favorites and maybe make an offer or whatever? She wasn't having that. She was like, no, 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 there's no way. Um, but don't worry, I'm going to list more of them on eBay. And then, you know, a week went by and she listed like four or five more. And I'm thinking like, you know, 3,000 slides at this pace is going to be like, you know, how many years? <laughs> But the other thing is nobody was nobody was buying them except me. So, you know, a couple of them were like overexposed and I just let them sit there and like, you know, months went by and she just kept relisting them, but nothing happened. So over the first few months, I, I bought maybe a dozen or 15 or something. Um, and they were like three bucks each. You know, I mean, it was just, you know, it was just sort of humorous, really. Yeah. Um, but she wouldn't, she you know, she wouldn't let it go any further than that. And she... Um, she didn't have the incentive to really like post them all because nobody was buying them except me. So I let it go. I just, I, I, I worked on the first painting and then a few months later, the first painting sold. And then that like sparked the interest in me like, okay, well now I can really get going with this and do the rest of them. Mm -hmm. But, but I should also make a second attempt to get the collection. So it'd been like a year at that point since I bought the first slides and I uh, contacted her again. I said, remember me. And um, I didn't tell her I was an artist, but I did tell her at this point, which, you know, was really where I was coming from emotionally. I said, um, you know, part of what I do for a living is I kind of pay the respects to these people's lives because I just love that time period, what they were doing, you know. And I think this, this person and, you know, the people in the slides were really interesting and you're saying they took the time to take 3,000 images of them themselves and keep that collection together. And to me, it feels really bad that we're, even though we don't know who they are, to, to let it go one by one to different people around the country, even though not many people were buying them, uh, you're, 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 the story ends, right? right? These people's lives end and that, that story is gone. It gets uh, all broken up, yeah. Yeah, so I said, you know, I really think it should be kept together in one collection, I made an offer. I said, sight unseen, just, you know, will you take this? And uh, she said, yeah, I don't even know where they are. So let me look into it. I knew right there, you know, that's it. They're mine. Because if she doesn't know where they are and I, I'm offering money, then, you know, this, yeah. now she has the incentive. 
So she got back to me three days later and said, yeah, I have uh, 2,968 slides of this, this, you know, this collection. And she broke it down. She's like, you know, 70% of them are of this woman, another 20% are her and her husband, and then these other people. And um, she said, if you want them, they're yours. And I said, yeah, make sure you insure it. <laughs> you yeah. know, send them, send them my way. Here's the money. And she actually took took them out of the carousels, which I'm sure the boxes of the carousels had been like, you know, kind of listed as what they were. Yeah. And she put them all in little pouches. I mean, there must have been 200 of these pouches which you see in the film as well, yeah, but yeah. these little pouches with little name, little tags that she put in there that said, like, Mod Woman, Hawaii, 1972. And then, you know, Mod Woman and Husband, Colorado, 1968, or whatever. Um, and so I'm like, oh, my gosh. So this collection shows up, and I know right away, if it's at all decent, this is the rest of my career. Because, I, you know, I'm just thinking, like, 3,000, you know, if, if one and... <laughs> You know, if one in a hundred is any good, that'll take me forever to yeah. paint. So, um, yeah, so that's, so that's where, you know, that's where it went. And then uh, um, as I, my buddy Charles and I started looking through the collection real quick-like because there's so many to look through. And as we're looking, um, something caught my eye in one of the images. And I got out the magnifying loop and looked a little closer and saw they were wearing name tags. So, so now I knew I, at that point I had called the first painting, just Kay and Patty. Yeah. And, and which was just names I randomly picked out from people in my own life. Kay is a friend of mine. Patty was this woman that, um, was in a wheelchair that used to sit at the bowling alley that I bowled at. And we would talk to her a lot and, you know, give her a little food and stuff. And she used to, you know, just total sweetheart with like costume, jewelry, vintage, everything. And she was great. Her name was Patty. So I named it, the painting after her originally. So the main character throughout the series was going to be Kay. And, uh, and then I find out that the, her, her actual name was Helen and the, and her husband Roy, and it had their last names as well. So I was able to Google really quick, you know, who they were and, uh, found their obituary and, um, was able to contact, um, the funeral home that handled her services. And it turned out that she had just passed away. Oh. Um, just like a month before I bought the first slides. Wow. And then, and then, and then it just turned into this whole fairy tale. I mean, you know, reading the obituary, I was practically in tears over their life because the images clearly showed they were just really amazing people. I mean, just super fun. They had a blast. They traveled like crazy, which during that time was not super common. Yeah. Uh, um, and I mean, they were in Hawaii, I don't know how many times, 10, 15 times it looked like by, by the images. And, uh, and they were, the obituaries said that they were, um, they were married right after she turned 18 and she was a child of the great depression. He was in world war II. These are just super tough times. And then they were married for 69 years before he passed away. And then she lived um, another, I forget, maybe another eight years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had built a house. Uh, yeah, I love that. They were in the same house the whole time. The same house, and not only that, but I later discovered it was a, it was a house they had built from a Sears Roebuck catalog. See, and that made me like, tear up because that's what my grandparents did right after World right? War II. I, I, yeah, 
I had never even heard of such a thing. Oh my yeah. God, I lost it because it's so much more the story of the vintage Americana, right? Right, I know. Well, that's because yeah. I, te- I teared up so many times. I mean, that how long is the film? Like 45 minutes? Four, 44 minutes, 44 yeah. 44 minutes. I cried like four times. Um, <laughs> once every 10 minutes, maybe. Um, and so there was, uh, yeah, my grandparents, they, they, there was, she lived on Oval Drive. <laughs> and on Oval Drive, it was nothing. It was just an oval. And uh, my grandparents and all of their friends went in together to buy this plan, this kit, and they all built the exact same house. Oh, God. And they all helped each other build their houses, right? So on Oval Drive, it's the exact same house <laughs> over and over. Love it. Over. Love. Just painted slightly differently, or some used stucco, or some used paneling, or whatever, but it's the exact same layout. And uh, so when I heard that too like my heart skipped a beat too because it just totally reminded me of that yeah there's such sweet moments and memories and things that now we want to connect to so much you know having the chance to look back you know in our yeah well okay so so you decide to do this painting series but how did you decide to do the film um at first it was just going to be uh, a series of paintings um, and I found about well actually the first time I looked through the collection there was about 30 images I pulled out which I was ecstatic because I thought like okay that's five six years of painting for me that's great and then the second and third times I looked through it and now it's at about a hundred images oh my God. Um, but when I found that slide and then ended up finding Helen's niece right Sh- Cheryl so I called the I called the the funeral home and I said, you know, my name's Rob. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. You're not even going to understand this, so I'm going to spare you the details. You know. And, and where like, the funeral? They were from Indiana. Yeah, from yeah. Indiana, yeah. Highland, Indiana. So I um, called the funeral home. I said, basically, here's the deal. I have this collection of slides from this woman. And I know when she passed away. I know you handled her services last year on this date. And if I gave you my information, could you contact the next of kin and give them my information? And then if they want to contact me, great. And if not, that's fine, too. And then they said, sure, no problem. A couple hours later, uh, I was driving with my buddy and the phone rings. And I was like, you know, hello. And she's like, yeah, this is this is Cheryl. And, you know, Helen was my aunt. And I was like, oh, I mean, I just, every time I think about it, just goosebumps, you yeah. know, just like, oh my gosh. And we only talked for a couple minutes because she was at work. I think she was just trying to figure out like what's going on here. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course, you know, a Los Angeles, you know, everybody looks at LA as a little goofy. Everybody looks at artists as a little goofy. So, you know, I, an artist from LA calling her up saying like, I'm doing paintings of your aunt, you know, <laughs> Obviously, she was a little bit like, well, okay, (laughs) you know. And so I said, well, I I was very aware of that. Like, how would I respond? You know, that's how I felt. So that's how I told her at first, like, as if I was hearing it, as if I was her, because I was like, yeah, how would you feel about that? So I just said, look, here's what's going on. Please check out my website and, you know, have a look. And then it would be great if I could talk to you again on the weekend. Uh, I'd love to write some questions because I wanted to know about Helen and Roy. Like, you know, did they have kids? What what did they do for a living? You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And she said, yeah, that's fine. Here's my number. And it was a very short phone call. And then that night I was at that bowling alley with Patty and my high school art teacher, Doug, was there. And we were bowling. 
And I looked down, I got this email from this other woman, and she said, all I see to start out is, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know, and she's like, look, you know, I just found out that this is uh, what you're working on, and that was my aunt, um, Helen, but the other woman in that image, which was the first painting, which is on the front of my website, that other woman was my mom, uh, Mary, who I was calling Patty. And she said that was in front of our house. That image was in front of our house in Victoria, Texas, where I grew up. And I'm just, you know, practically in tears, you know, just, I mean, just goosebumps and freaked out by how cool the whole thing is because it's now not just about painting. It's yeah. about connecting, Yeah. which is what, which mm-hmm. is what these paintings should be about anyways. It's mm-hmm. all about connecting. Well, it's so, so much bigger um, than you suddenly. It's so much bigger than you and your right. studio. So, yeah. So that that was the moment, that first couple days that, you know, were, were really the moment where I thought, this is turning into a whole other thing. A series <laughs> of paintings is one thing, but this is, you know, I can tell the story of Helen and Roy through their images just fine in my paintings, but telling the story of how I found the images and how, you know, it turned out that they had this wonderful life together and the house and the nieces and all the rest of that, that's not something I could do in a painting. So I thought it feels cinematic. It either should be a book or, you know, a short film or something. And um, my uh, my friend Dave Lefner uh, had a – Rick and Jen Serena, the directors of this film, had previously done a short film uh, about my buddy's work, Dave Lefner, and um, it was beautiful. And so I contacted Dave and I said, hey, you know, you remember Rick? I had met them, you know, eight years previous or whatever. I said, if I wrote this out of what's going on now, would you feel comfortable like sending that to Rick? And maybe he could kind of point me in the right direction of maybe somebody he would know that want to make a short film. And, you know, it it went from there that he sent it (laughs) to Rick and Rick was Rick was at the time shooting the Super Bowl. And just emailed me back and said, look, 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 you know, I got to get back to you later, but don't do anything. You know, I want I want to talk to you about this. And so we met a few weeks later and he said, yeah, let's do this. And it's going to take like two years to shoot. And, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is what have we gotten into? But even then, Rick, Rick didn't know what this was going to be either. I mean, at the time he was like, this could be an hour and a half film. It could be a five minute film. Right. We don't know because we haven't met Cheryl. We haven't, you know, and then it just kind of unfolded. And Rick was just kind of like Rick and Jen kind of hatched the plan of how to proceed of like, OK, we're just going to start filming you making paintings. And then we're going to write lists of like people we should interview and, um, you know, go to the gallery and talk to Charles, talk to Dave. And then you know, I was going to ask if that was Dave. And that's Dave in the film. Then That's Dave in the film. Yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah. And uh so, yeah. So that's, wow, that's, it's so cool. That's and that's it, the neat thing about a documentary, too, is like you, you always hear that people say they go in not totally knowing how it's going to turn out. You know, yeah. if it's going to be sad or happy or how, you know, like yeah. it, that's, kind of, that's so creatively exciting. Uh, yeah, and, and, and terrifying. And, and, probably, and probably scary. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and probably <laughs> scary, too. And for me, it was just fun because I'm like, well, all I'm doing is painting anyways. Yeah. You know, you're, you're here and you're filming me and I'm painting. If you're here, you're not here. Right. But for them, along the way, they had to decide, like, okay, what comes next? How is this shaping up? 
and you know things shift as well. You know, right. some ideas that we had along the way didn't didn't end up coming in. Um, but and then I think it was actually near the end of the filming that Rick and Jen were still like, well, this could be a twenty minute film. You know, they still weren't quite sure until near the end that it was mm-hmm. like, okay, kind of. In fact, I think he made a rough cut that was about 20 minutes, or think, thinking it was going to be about 20 minutes. And he did the rough cut, and he was like, oh, yeah, this isn't happening. It's going to be more like 45 or whatever. Mm. So it, It's that's, just that's so where beautiful. That's we ended up. And you got to go to the house. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, that was, Cheryl called us up one day. We ha- I hadn't yet met Cheryl in person, had only had a couple phone calls with her. And uh, she was living in Florida, but she still had a home in Highland, Indiana, which is where Helen and Roy were. And she said, you know, I'm going back there this weekend uh, for a party of friends. And uh, would you like to come out and meet and maybe see Helen's house? And I said, I said, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm booking the ticket. And I texted Rick and I said, it looks like I'm going to Indiana this weekend. He said, well, can I come along? Because, of course, you want to film the first time Cheryl and I meet. right? Yeah, it's all yeah. going to be fresh. And the other thing was she said... You know, I have like four boxes of photos of Helen and Roy, which is very typical that like slides get thrown away because nobody looks at slides anymore. Right. But people do people do care about keeping those memories, but they keep them with the photos. Yeah. So she had all these earlier images of Helen and Roy, which are black and white starting. I have, you know, there's a picture of Helen when she's, I think, like three. <sighs> So mm-hmm. I've got, like, now access to images from the time she was, like, three to the time she was 80. Yeah. Well, so, that's what I... Um, see, I was watching the film as I was writing the questions for you. And normally I only send people questions ahead of time, like, maybe five or six questions. I think yours was up to 11. There could have been, like, 30 questions. And yeah. one of my questions, as I'm watching, I'm like, I am so happy I'm talking to him tomorrow so that I can just ask this. Do you think you'll paint any of the... So not the slides that you've chosen, but, like, the pictures that Cheryl showed you, the black and white, would you paint any of those? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that why the list has gone from 60 to 70 paintings to a hundred. Yeah. That's kind of how it ended up going to a hundred too, was because there's a, you know, there probably won't be too many of those black and whites. Um, but certainly the one of her as, uh, when she's like three, which will be a small oil painting. And, um, and then, you know, I just wanted to capture at least just a few shots of, you know, when when Roy came back from the war. Yeah. You know, that's that's really precious, like those those sweet newlywed kind of images. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it shows it shows a fuller story. To even have two or three of those as paintings mixed in uh with the rest of it would uh really show a truer story of like, okay, and here they are when they're gosh, look how young. You know, yeah. they're like twenty they're like twenty and they're married and figuring out life, you know. know. It's so uh, sweet that they, yeah, that they got married so young and built that house. And they were obviously, like you said, when you look at all of the the slides and their travels and she's, she's kind of goofy in some of the pictures and fabulous in the other pictures. And it looks like they had a really, truly happy life. It sure seemed like it, you know, and, and, uh, that's what, you know, just asking Cheryl about them. That's what she always says is that that they were really amazing and special and, you know, just, just, um, adventurous, you know, I mean, they just love their travels and you can see, 
the images are amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're just so good. It's all like been handed to me, you know, yeah. I don't want to have, you know, I hate to say it because it's like, I'd love to take credit. Like if it's a good painting, I want to be able to say like, no, it's me, but really it is. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, these images are like brilliant. How it's pro- it's probably Roy, right? Like a lot of the pictures of her were taken by Roy. Well, they had to be, yeah. I don't, you know, there's no way of really nailing down any of the images like who the photographer was but you have to assume you know that a lot of the images are helen and roy together so right who knows yeah. you know but yeah. a lot of them are just roy and a lot of them are just helen she's the centerpiece yeah well she's uh, hard not to like it's hard to look away well, yeah she, you know it was as if she knew this was like someday's gonna somebody's gonna make a painting on me so yeah. I'm gonna, you know she really is quite something uh and she was always dressed to the nines you yeah. know just and yeah, the story goes the, on and on. I love the giant flowers in her hair in Hawaii. Like uh, next time I go to Hawaii, I'm I'm putting a hibiscus as big as my face, right? Right. Oh, yeah, and why? Well, let's not even wait. Let's just wear the flowers all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it feels like. Um, well, first of all, I love how huge they are. That they're basically like life size. Yeah. Um, so when you're painting them, you are face to face with Helen, which is so cool. But while I was watching it, I just kept feeling like. I wonder if you guys knew each other in another life or something. This is so weird that you were so instantly like that, you know, and then for all of this to unfold and to find this and to find her family and to actually have walked in her house, which is now owned by somebody else, but to actually walk in her house, it's all so weird. And I just kind of wonder like why the universe made all this happen it just feels like you guys must be kindred spirits from another time or something certainly i don't know you know i don't know exactly it's interesting that it is so weird and yet feels so natural yeah you know what i mean like you know I'm, i know i'm caught up in something that's like to me really bizarre because you're like yeah why am i in love with this person i've never met yeah well you i know? love it in the film when you say i wish i wish she was my aunt helen i wish i could say that you know? oh totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i couldn't I, I don't think i could really understand anybody who wouldn't want that to yeah, be there yeah i know you know and and not just her roy you know yeah. roy's amazing we see less of him but he's amazing and uh you know, she always she always made sure that if they left the house, they were wearing matching colors, at least. <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is, I want that life, right? Yeah. I mean, really? And most of, a lot of the time, it was matching fabric. Like, she would make, she made all of her own dresses, and she would make the matching shirt for him. Oh. But at minimum, all the time they were traveling, it's always like, you know, they're at least wearing color-coordinated. You well, know? hello, why it's wouldn't am- you? No, totally. Let's I'm gonna tell my husband about this. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, let's just let's just say we can kind of get rid of the wedding rings, but we all have to wear the you know the same clothes, and that's how people know from now on. You know? Well, you know, it's so funny. My husband and I like we were going. This happens to us all the time. We we're going out for brunch one day, the three of us, and uh, you know we all go off to get dressed and ready to come down. And we come down, and we're both wearing Converse jeans and like an army jacket, and we just look at each other, and I was like somebody's changing like we're not like <laughs> see now now it's now we don't roll that way but. yeah now it's like okay perfect we're coordinated let's go people get the hibiscus totally. we gotta go um totally. well that actually uh the the dresses and the shirts actually segue into a process question i have for you because okay. in the film how long did it take you to paint roy's hawaiian shirt days i think i think seven days yeah Alrighty then. Like I do not have that kind of <laughs> patience. Um, and so, 
Do you, as I'm watching that, and you're filling in these tiny little areas of color, and I'm thinking, God, that would give me a headache, or oh my God, his shoulders must hurt. Do you, does it affect your body, or is this just your way, like, can you imagine making any other way? Um, well, both. Yeah. I'm lucky at the, I'm lucky at the moment it's not doing anything to me physically. Uh, when I was doing the watercolors, which were very large scale, yeah. um, my back was having a lot of issues because you have to keep the watercolor paper flat. Right, so else, you're over top of it? Right, right, so I'm right. over top of it, but they're literally like four foot by eight foot watercolors. Wow. So, so I'm like reaching over and not able to tilt the paper up. So doing that for like 10 years really wrecked my back. Um, but now I kind of pulled back from the watercolors, which I'm only doing you know, probably two weeks out of every year now is mm. watercolors. Uh, and my back is fine. Um, and there were a couple times where I was having a little shoulder problem uh, with the oils, which is very typical for oil painters to have a shoulder pain. Yeah. Because you're kind of holding it in one position a lot of the time. But the last, you know, year I haven't had any. So knock on wood, it's just, you know. Oh, okay. uh, but hoping, hoping that it keeps going that same way. Okay, and what about um, your eyeballs? No issues yet. Uh, oh I, well, I take I take that back. About two years ago, my upper eyelid was twitching a lot, and that kind of freaked me out. But I looked it up, and it said, you know, on the internet, it said like, yeah, it's a common thing if you're like right in front of a computer screen or something a lot. You know, just stop stressing the eyes, and it hasn't happened since. After like two weeks, it went away, and you huh. know, so uh, well, it must I be so weird, like being that up close. And doing those tiny things, how often do you push back and have a look from far away? Is it constant? Uh, like, are you close and then far, and then, or do you just like, are you there for six hours just close up? Uh, I probably step back every maybe 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's really, it's not an intentional, I haven't found that it needs to be an intentional, like, you know what, I need to sit down 10 feet away and look at this thing. Right. Uh, I don't find that, but I do find that, you know, you're just like, you know, let's breathe for a moment, <laughs> you know, like set, set the brush down, give your arm a rest, breathe for a moment, get a glass of water. Right. And then I'm just stand, staying around the studio and I'm looking at it and I'm either like, yeah, yeah, this is really working. Or on occasion, you're like, wow, that's a little more green than I thought it was. Because there certainly are times where you're like, you're mixing a color and you know, you're either blending it a certain way or you think the color's looking a certain way and then you step back and you look at it again and you're like, wow, that's a little different from a little further away. But, you know, for me it hasn't been an issue where I'm concerned of like, oh, that's a little right. whatever. There's, you there's have a plan. Some, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just seems to work okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it that way. And <laughs> there's something about being in the small details with a little brush that is where I'm happiest. It's where I'm kind of feeling like I'm dancing. Yeah. And, and I, I love like expressionist painters, uh, that get out the big brush, mm -hmm. you know, and like do the big wave of the arm like that, like totally appeals to me because it feels so, you know, energized and joyful and, but it's not what I do. It's not, it's not where my own brain and body kind of you know, feel yeah. like they're meant to be. So for whatever reason, I don't know, you know. I love that part too. When Charles is like, you know, what have you been up to today? Oh, I painted the camera bag. 
<laughs> it's like this tiny thing that takes hours, like 12 hours, and it's like you, well, right, yeah, you finish the bag. Too. Yeah, every day. What, and, and it's funny because, you know, we talk almost every day, and Charles says, like, oh, what'd you do today? I'm like, well, basically the same thing as yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's like I painted the shirt, and then like five days later, well, what'd you do today? Well, I painted the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Same shirt. Yeah, I'll call hey. you in a month and I'll let you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's driving me crazy, but it's great. So, um, well, oh my gosh, this is this is awesome. This is all the things I wanted to know. Um, oh, and I also because I've never painted in oils, and your underpainting is like a rusty orange. Is that a thing? Like, is that a thing everybody does? Or is that I have thing? no idea. Uh, because I'm not classically trained, I have no sense of what's right or wrong or what's going on out there. Um, <laughs> I was doing watercolors for, you know, so many years and then at one point decided there were certain images that I was kind of coming up with that I thought, boy, that would probably look better as an oil um, for whatever reason. And so I decided to learn how to do oils. This was about eight or ten years ago. Yeah. And I had no idea how to do it. So I just, you know, bought some canvases and some paints and, you know, started looking at like youtube videos <laughs> and i wow. think i think it i think it was there's an artist named sean cheatham i'm not sure if you know who he is no uh he's an la painter uh i always for years i kept saying like he's the best painter of our generation i mean he just knocked me out every time i saw a painting i was like in awe like who is this guy so i looked up i remember at one point i googled him and saw a video his painting, the way he approaches paint is totally different than me, but he lays down this mud base first. Okay. And I, and I thought, oh, that kind of makes sense. We do it totally different, but it's kind of the same um, recipe as far as like there's one layer and then you paint on top of that. The mud base, I think he even says something about like it's olive green, yellow ochre, and alizarin and crimson. You mix those three together. And you've got what you want, and that's kind of a mud base. And so that's what I use. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll actually mix white in there too, depending on the tone of. If the painting is very light, then I don't need as much back there, and right. so I'll lighten it up to begin with. But the basic thinking is, for me, anyways, I paint very thin. So um, oil paints are some. Every tube of oil paint, every color is some variation of translucence or transparency. Mm -hmm. And very few of them are actually opaque. So if you're painting with black on top of white, it doesn't look black. It looks like black with white streaks coming through it, right. which is no good. Yeah. So if you just put this medium tone down first and then let that dry for a couple days, then when you go back over it, it's like a... You know, it's just a, it's, it's as if it's like a, a gray tone behind it. Right. Um, that, so now if you put orange on it, the orange looks orange. If you put, you know, black on it, the black's black. The whites, I actually do still have to do two coats if I do anything that's like straight white. I have to do white and then do white again to make it like solidify. Hmm. Um, but, and then the other advantage is um, it lends a warmth to the final painting. That's what I so, was. That's what I was thinking. Especially it must in yeah, especially in person, you you really see like a pinkish, orangish tone coming through the final colors. Uh, even I, you know, I did a large black and white oil painting, and even that one, everybody says like, God, why does it look so pink? It really looks like it's a black and white painting. I said, Yeah, it is a black and white painting, but underneath is this pink tone, and so it's totally coming through. Mm -hmm. um, and some I have seen some painters use use like a blue tone as the base tone first. 
which would just make the whole painting cool, cool. instead of yeah, warm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and Helen has to be warm. Way. Helen has to be have a warm. Base. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Although she'd find a way to be warm either way, right? Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> yeah. She just has a glow regardless. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Um, okay, so when, because I am so lucky that you let me see a preview of this film because it is not out yet. So um, today, this is going up on like March 22nd, 23rd. So when is the movie out? Um, well, it is, it, it has been released. It's just not wide release. Oh, okay. It, uh, we actually premiered... Um, at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival about two months ago. We've done a few other festivals since then. Um, and in the coming weeks, um, so basically we're doing the festival circuit okay. at the moment, which could, could be up to a year, year and a quarter. Um, and so there's five more festivals at the moment coming up, and then we've entered a bunch of other festivals, so we're waiting to hear back about those. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, in the coming weeks, let's see, between like April 6th and 12th, there's four festivals. Oh. Uh, so it's Florida Film Festival, Beverly Hills Film Festival, Phoenix Film Festival, and Amdocs Festival, which is in um, Palm Springs. Okay. Well, I will and put all can, of that on my site so that people can have the links and info. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and so what's uh, it been like? Like, have you gone to all the, like, have you been there when they've been screened? I've been to the, yes, yeah. I was and thinking what's that if like? It's fun. <laughs> it's fun and crazy. I mean, you know, the first screening was especially odd because whoever thinks, unless you're an actor, yeah. you know, whoever thinks you're going to see yourself like 15 feet tall on yeah. the screen, you know, and then being in a room with, you know, 100 plus other people watching you 10 feet tall is yeah. really, uh, you know, that's, especially for an introvert, it's an odd feeling, but it's beautiful. Uh, Rick and Jen made such a beautiful piece and, um, it's called my Indiana muse. Um, and, uh, I just, I couldn't have asked for, you know, a better situation. Um, it is, it, it you is, know, the, the whole yeah. way along was just crazy. You know, the, there's, they told me at one point, like, oh, well, there's going to be an original score. And I was like, are you are you kidding me? Like, you know, not aware that, like, yeah, that's that's what you do when you're making a serious film. But um, so we were very fortunate. Um, there's a beautiful score by uh, Paul Bessenbacher of Opus Orange and Matt Bowen that's just unbelievable. It's I was, so... You read my mind. I was just going to say, like, the, the music in it is, like, contributed to my goosebumps like yeah. it, it's just so beautifully done and in the right moments. And it's just like, it oh, makes it all that much more beautiful. It is. That's beautiful filmmaking. Yeah. I mean, they just, they, yeah, they've just swept me away and I've been in shock the whole time. Cause of course, all I know how to do is, you know, make paintings. <laughs> so, oh, I love know, the part. I love the part when that. you're sitting there and they're like kind of waiting. You're like, I'm just waiting for you to say cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I felt like that most of the time. I was like, I don't know what you want next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved that part. That made me laugh out loud. Oh, well, I got, I, I, you know, I cried a bunch of times and I, I just, I, you know, had goosebumps a bunch of times and it made me want to go and make something and it made me want to look through all my grandmother's and my grandmother's name is Blanche. So how oh, awesome is that? that's a winner. And she was an Avon lady. Oh God. Right? That's a total winner. I know. Yeah. So I, and I, I used to do collages with her images and then 
sorry for everyone that listens to the podcast and I talk about this constantly, but um, it really felt too personal almost uh. because if the piece was criticized or not, re- people didn't respond well, I felt like, hey, that's my Grammy. Like, <laughs> you know? right. And so it's much easier to use found images from books because I'm not as connected, right? And that's actually why I, I use Queen Elizabeth in my work quite a bit. Oh, uh, yes. Because yeah. she looks so much like my grandmother. Oh. Uh, they had the same, set their hair the same way and like a lot of the same clothes. And, um, and you know, I'm Canadian, so Liz is on all of our money. So I see her every single day. And, um, and so I kind of use her as a stand-in for Blanche because then it's not as personal, but it is. But anyway, after I saw your film, I just thought, I wonder if I could use her. Like, it just, I love the connection that you have with Helen, and I I just, there's something, I don't know, it made me want to make. And then I also said to my husband while I was unloading the dishwasher, I want a documentary. Uh, I don't know about what. I don't know about what, but it was just, I think it was the music and the way it was all done and, like, the, um, the parts where you were painting and it was the, like, stop motion, kind of like the speed, What's that called? Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 What is that called? You know what I'm talking You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, time lapse. Time lapse. There we go. Yeah. Um, like, I love that. I just thought it was so well done. And so, um, yeah, now I want one. I don't know why or well, how. Well, you should get one. Right? And it, it is. Yeah. They, they did a beautiful <laughs> job. I mean, it's an amazing film. They're, they're wonderful filmmakers, wonderful people on top of everything else, which made my life easy for yeah, a couple and, years. And so um, neat to have your friends but, in there. During, during one of the uh, Q&As, I think it was in Santa Barbara, uh, after one of the screenings, um, I, I said to the audience, uh, I said, you know, if you have the, the means somehow to get a filmmaker to document your life and then bring a bunch of people in your life to get on film and say glowing things <laughs> about how great you are... <laughs> And then go put it on a big screen and get a bunch of strangers to go watch it and clap. There's no better experience. I highly See, recommend I, it. I think that's what I want. <laughs> Maybe that's we what attracted all, me. We should all have that. We yeah, should we all should. have that for a moment. Well, when, yeah. Charles, yeah, when Charles started out calling you a freak and then said, actually, what I mean by that is genius. Um, that's not a bad thing to have documented on film and projected. No, that was the, pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I'm never going to say how much I had to pay him to say that, but... That was good, and yeah. I wasn't there when he recorded that either. I was, I was outside. Yeah, you weren't standing um, there with a the gun to his head. Say it. No, I made sure every interview. I made sure that I wasn't in the room because I wanted people to say. And I never heard any of it until I saw the film. Did you cry so, the first time you saw the film? I did. I totally. Well, yeah. Charles said that, and then you know, Dave is saying glowing things yeah. about me, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, my my friends are some you know, lovely, flattering yeah. people. So it's, it's like, it's like your eulogy, but you're alive for it. Yeah. For now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. I have taken up so much of your time, but, um, oh, and then I have to say that, well, no, I'm going to save this for the not so speedy speed round, put a little star beside that. Um, okay. You ready for the not so speedy speed round? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. Okay. So you guessed this before we even started. Uh, Donuts or cheesecake? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I didn't guess that particular one. I thought maybe there'd be something to do with donuts. But the interesting thing is cheesecake is near the top of my list. For eating so, or for painting? No, for, no, I've, have I done, I think I've you done have, cheesecake. You have, you've yeah. done one. And the reason um, I put this in is so that I can show that painting. <laughs> because yeah, I love that. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I think donuts. Yeah. I think donuts, but they're both pretty amazing. Have you, you can't seen, go wrong. I just saw an ad that Krispy Kreme is putting Nutella inside their donuts. Oh, God, sure. Let's let's overdose. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would give you a heart attack, but at least you would die happy. Like, that's yeah, totally. crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so donuts. That's what I figured. Um, what was your first car? A uh, Datsun 310, which was a disaster. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I've ever seen one since. I'm, I'm sure most people have never even heard of a Datsun 310. It was a, it was a junker. Yeah. And l- looking back, I'm kind of glad it was because, you know, how, it's kind of fun to think of it that way. Yeah, probably planted the so. seed. I had a little Datsun, but I have no idea what it was. It was blue. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe we were the only two people that had maybe. a Maybe. I'm going to go Google it right after this and see if it was the same one. Uh, mine was bright blue, and everybody, all the kids teased me. But whatever. I well, had a car. Yeah. Well, we saw what happened to the Dotson Company. So, you know, I guess we had a couple winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, okay. Has anyone ever given you a free color TV? Uh... <laughs> Probably, but not that I have heard of. Uh, I mean, not that I remember, but, you know, I'm sure my parents gave me a TV that happened to be color at some point, right? You, <laughs> you know, know why I'm, I'm asking that. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, my <laughs> my website is freecolortv.com. Why? And people ask, you know, all the time, like, oh, we really love that. We're not sure why, though. Yeah. What's, what's that all about? Um, it, it references the old motel signs. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the open highway, they always said, like, all the things that were supposed to draw you in, like, you know, swimming pool, refrigeration, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they always said, like, free color TV. So <laughs> Now I it says free Wi-Fi. Thought that was great. Yeah, yeah now it's Wi-Fi yeah. or, you know, yeah. <laughs> swimming pool, uh, free Wi-Fi, and um, AC? Refrigeration. Yeah. Is refrigeration AC? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good to know. Um Okay, last one. This is going to bring me back to my thing that I started above. If you could go on a road trip with Helen. Oh, God, where, don't even tempt me. Where okay, would you yeah. go? Um, well, let's see. Can I say two different answers? Yeah. Okay, first answer would be I'd go wherever Helen wanted to go. <laughs> That's a good answer. Because, I mean, how fun would that be to just, if Helen's like, we want to go this way, I'd be like, yeah, we do, <laughs> well, wherever that is, because that's <laughs> Helen. Um, but I think the other one would be I would want to go with Helen to Jackson, Wyoming, because that's my all-time favorite p- place. I think it's just the most beautiful place ever. And if it's my happy place and you know, she would be my happy companion for that trip, yeah. then it, the, the the recipe would be complete. So Is that where you were in the film where, where it shows like the picture of her in front of a train and then a picture of you in front of the at the same trail train yard? No. Oh no where that's was actually that? that's actually in Silverton, Colorado. Oh, okay. Um and I had thought when I found that image it looked so much like Jackson to me. Right. Um but there was a train way off in the background. Uh the image I actually painted there's there's a train way off in the background. Um and I thought, well, I don't remember a train in Jackson or maybe there could have been at one point cuz it's a steam train, you know, right. so maybe it just got taken out at some point. I really thought it was probably Jackson. Then I did a little research because there's a place called narrow gauge gift shop that you see the sign in the painting 
Um, and then it turned out that some collectors that I met said, oh my gosh, that's Silverton, Colorado, because that's where we go for all of our time. And oh. so it turned out to be true. And, and, uh, was, I was able to visit that and kind of, you know, reenact a few of those shots, which was super fun as which, well. Which also made me tear up. Thanks for that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. In the rain. Well, and I, yeah, yeah that scene at the beginning was so crazy how much rain there was falling on you. Yeah. Um, but I love, like, the thing I started was, um, you know, now that you're showing these paintings in different places and, you know, and they're going to different galleries, I love that you said, you know, that you're traveling with Helen in a way because, you know, now you guys are going on these road trips together to these galleries to show the work. And that made me cry. And uh, it's, it's so cool. Like, if she had known, she would love it. Oh, yeah, I totally think she would. You know, I'm careful to say too much about what Helen or Roy, you know, yeah, are, were, were like or what they would like or whatever. Yeah. Um, because, you know, out of respect, because I didn't know them. Yeah. But, right. um, but the sense of, like, what they were about, you can tell a lot from, from the photos that they were very adventurous and, you know. Well, even Cheryl said that, like, you know, that this. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is so cool that you know her, that, you know, she can say, like, Oh, my God, you she's know? been such a blessing to me, you know, yeah. just to get to know her. and. Has she come to any of the screenings? She has. Wow. Yeah, she was able to make it to um, the Santa Barbara Festival, which was the premiere, which wow. was amazing. And uh, was there for the Q&A and all of that. And the Florida Film Festival coming up in April, she'll be there as well. Right, she lives in Florida, um, yeah. She lives in Florida, yeah. and the directors uh, are from Florida, so oh. they will be there as well. And I'm I'm sad that I'm going to miss that one myself because you know that's going to be a party. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but it's the same week as three of them on the West Coast, so I oh. have to try to you know juggle all the other ones. So now, if somebody had told this lost high school kid, you know that this is what your life was going to end up being. Like, can you even believe it all? Um, I only have to believe it because it's real. <laughs> but, you know, but it, it brings me to tears to think about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had no sense that, you know. But you've made uh, it. Like, you've made this destiny for yourself. Like, your curiosity and your creativity. Like, you could have done nothing. You could have just kept doing, you know, those, like, delivery jobs and whatever. But, yeah, you know, yeah, you, no, you made it all. It's so cool. That's all, that's all true. I think it's – I always think of so much of life as just being luck. And, and I, I just have to think of it that way. Uh, it's, it feels like it's mostly luck. But certainly – you know, it could have gone a lot of other ways. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I think being curious and, and um, you know, pushing the, the curiosity to be, you know, if you have an interest in something or curiosity, even if you think you're going to be bad at it, like watercolor or oil paint or whatever, um, or even being an artist, to just be like, well, you know what? whatever like I'm curious about it I'm just gonna go see like that is the that is the putting like you even said that you know do the work and the muse will come to you like you have to show up you do you totally have to show up so yeah I love I love to say like oh it's about you know it's luck it's luck it's luck because if you're doing the work you're repeatedly reminded of how you know things yeah. just pop up you know like I it could have happened that I would not have found Helen 
Right. So you think like, well, that's luck. You know, I mean, that code totally could have gone a different way. Um, there's so many things along the way for anybody in any area of life that's yeah. just luck. But, you know, you do, like you said, you know, there is an element of like, yeah, but if you're not getting up trying so hard to find that next thing, yeah. you know, yeah, you you're don't not act gonna... on the luck. Like finding those first six slides was luck. Making a painting out of it was not luck. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess there had to be something that just resonated yeah. so much to be be inspired, and then it just kept going. But I, yeah, there is definitely an element of like we have to pursue the things that bring us joy. And if you're even feeling a little bit lost at the moment, but you know what um, inspires you, yeah, you know, just keep like you know uh, fumbling around if you have to, mm-hmm. you know, like just keep fumbling, and then you'll get your grounding, you know, yep. eventually something will, something will come up. But if you're just kind of sitting there waiting, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of like imagining a baby, you know, just standing up and walking. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they fumble around for a long time and that's how muscle memory kind of starts to kick in and they start figuring out like, Oh, this is how you get equilibrium. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I, I think there's definitely an element of, of that, you know, the hard work and, and just paying attention and, you know, mm-hmm. hoping for the luck along the way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, Bobby. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that Thank was you so, so much. much fun. And I'm so, uh, like, so I love documentaries and especially artsy ones. And I get all, it's so great that I got to talk to you like right after seeing it because I'm like what about this what about this I mean I could talk to you for five more hours and still have questions but um I will control myself and um I'm going to put a big giant post together I can't believe that those earlier pieces were watercolor so I'm so excited to put those up so people can see and I'll put all the info about where the film will be shown and so that people can go to those festivals and I will say to you, like, keep me posted on everything that you're doing. I'm so happy to know you a little bit now and just so excited for you for, you know, like having the next 10 to 20 years ahead of you. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a treat talking with you. And I'm, it's a privilege to, to get to be on the podcast. And Well, you know what you is know, so I lo- funny? I love what you're doing. I hope we get to meet in person at some point. Me too. Me, are, you're not in L.A. anymore, though, are you? I am. I'm, oh. I'm kind of splitting my time. I'm in L.A. and I'm in Scottsdale. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be um, in L.A. in the fall because I'm doing a big book tour for my new book. Oh, so, let me know. I'll be yeah. there. I'll okay, be there. okay, good. I'm there, I'm there, I'm, I'm there half the time. So, okay. yeah. Let I'll let know. you know when I Absolutely. have my, my date. So much fun. But you know what's so funny is that I had, um, so we talked about doing this. I had the link to go watch the film. I had, you, you know, today was booked. And then yesterday yeah yesterday i got an email from somebody who sent me a link to the trailer and what yeah and she said i saw this at the santa barbara film festival and she said Uh it is such a beautiful film and she said you should try and um reach out to this guy and see if you can get him on the podcast and i was like well that's hilarious because he'll be up this friday night well i I was gonna say i i I guess i'd have to admit that i paid them off right but (laughs) but since, since you and I had already made this arrangement, obviously that wasn't needed. So right? that's just a little bit of coincidence, and yeah. I like it. That's I just thought great. that was so – I laughed out loud at my computer. I was like, uh, well, I will happily deliver that to you. Just well, give me to, two days. 
<laughs> to whomever that is, thank you so much. I yeah. appreciate it. I am glad that people are liking the film. And um, and also, just by the way, I want to say um, people can see Helen's in person if they happen to be in the Southwest. Uh, I have a show coming up in like three weeks at Altamira Fine Art. It's called Wanderlust. Okay. So that's that's where you know the paintings will be in the near future. Oh, good. I'll put that in there too. Thank you for that. Um, okay. Well, I will let you get back to your. Um, meticulous insane painting thank you <laughs> and, thank uh, you so much thank you this is a, this is a break i didn't mind thank yeah you. no that was uh, so much fun now i gotta go eat donuts and go through photos of my grandmother so oh, and cry a little idea. bit more yeah. that's a good day right yeah there. isn't it <laughs> yeah. okay well thanks so much robert and i will talk to you soon thank you okay take care bye, bye, -bye. oh my goodness i love that so much if you can go and see this film do it if you can't, I've posted the trailer on my site, so at least you can get a little glimpse. Thank you so much to Bobby, Robert, Rob, for taking time out of his very disciplined studio practice to talk to me. Thanks to Sachi Art for supporting this episode, and of course, thank you for listening. There will be more art for your ear next weekend. See you then.